We all know that one. Elton John, The Circle of Life from The Lion King. Reporter Kristen Henning and her husband Tom opted for a multi-generational holiday on a photo safari in Africa. They flew from Minneapolis to Nairobi, Kenya, where their son lives and works, and they organised a private safari to a wildlife conservancy in the Masai Mara and the Amboseli National Park in the shadow of Africa's highest peak, Mount Kilimanjaro. Before they'd even reached their safari camp, the two grandchildren, aged three and five, had seen dozens of Africa's biggest and best wildlife. It was a great start for all ages. You've been on safari, uh, which sounds very exotic as a vacation, Chris. It was very exotic, but I came away with the sense of this is not so complicated to get to Kenya and, and have this experience, and I hope more people can do it. It was fabulous. Right, and did you have any hesitation about Africa given the COVID scenario, or is it is it all better over there now? Well, the of course we postponed the trip because of COVID, and then kind of all of a sudden decided to go. And in fact, the the numbers of cases there are not great but the testing is also not great. So it, it's a little bit of an unknown. Okay, but you have family there, so you had another, an added reason to go, yeah? Yeah, we have family there, and we knew what they're... We have two preschool kids there who are wearing masks in school every day, and it was certainly in Nairobi, a masked city, until about the week we got there. They had just recently lifted masks outdoors, and they were just while we were there lifting mask enforcement indoors as well. Right. Most okay. restaurants though are outdoors, so I mean it, we didn't feel um, we had masks with us and wore them certainly for traveling, but not necessarily a lot while we were there because we were outdoors so much. Well, well, it sounds it sounds fascinating. I've not been there. How long did you take? And tell us where you went. Well, in total, we were in Kenya for. A, a bit more than three weeks, but our safari experiences were in two or three segments. The the sort of the centerpiece was this trip to the Maasai Mara, and that is the the biggest national park in Kenya, and it's widely known as being absolutely great for wildlife spotting. We actually went to a nature conservancy, one of fourteen that surrounds the Mara. And uh, we can talk about that a little bit more. We did another trip to the National Park of Amboseli, which is at the base of Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro is actually in Tanzania, but we're on the Kenya side looking at it. Yeah. And a third national park visit we did is the Nairobi National Park, which is right there in Nairobi. Right. Now, I know Tom is... Uh, a a pretty accomplished photographer. So was that what drove uh, the decision to visit the safaris? Yeah, and, you know, the we had just great advice and we had simple needs. We, we let our tour operator know that we wanted to find animals quickly, not with a lot of driving because we did have two preschoolers. And, you know, really the adults are more impatient to see the wildlife than the kids. But oh. um, we let them know that. We let them know that we had a professional photographer and that we, you know, we were really looking for photography work. And uh, third, we wanted good food. And 
this operator named Picture Perfect Safaris recommended a couple places and we chose Offbeat Mara North and it's in the Mara North Conservancy um, which you know these conservancies are really co-operated by the Maasai people in association with the parks and the conservancy groups. So they have uh, have they mustered a group of animals into a fenced-off no, um, area? No, it is not fenced. It is free, and the animals are free to go in and out of the area. I mean, it's right. just it's just where they are. The advantage for us of doing a safari in a conservancy is that you're really not restricted to the roads as you are in the national parks. Right. And on top of that, you know if you're there and using a Maasai guide, as ours was, he had worked for this company for 14 years, but furthermore, he had grown up there. He had walked this land all his life. Right. And knew where each animal would go to eat or go to sleep or go to hunt. We also had no crowds, um, partly because of the time of year. We're not during anywhere near the Great Migration in the yeah. spring as we were in March, but it's just a lot of land and not many people, so it's okay. not that sense of running into a lot of other jeeps. And, and mostly private tours. So did yes. you see some other jeeps with other um, private groups or not? You I'm, had it to yourself? Just a handful um, okay. from other, a couple of nearby lodges and maybe one other from, from our camp. Okay, well, I think that's, I've done it that way uh, around Kruger National Park, and I think that's certainly the way to go um, if, if you can. Otherwise, it's, you know, you may as well be at Disneyland. <laughs> it's, right, You know, exactly. it gets pretty crowded. And I think also they, you are restricted to roads and there's certain hours they... Exactly. And, um, you know, I should say, on the other hand, that in Amboseli National Park, we were in the park and we stayed at a property in the park. Our guide was uh, hired from Nairobi, but he had guided there many times. He wasn't from that area and he was a different tribe, but he certainly knew where to go. And the communication among the guides is usually so great. They want to share information which is when you can get traffic jams. But, but basically, you know, he, he urged us to go out about an hour earlier than we were thinking, and we're glad we did. We have a beautiful sunrise picture of elephants headed toward the drinking hole with Kilimanjaro in the background. And, and Kilimanjaro was not covered by clouds when we were there in the early morning. So Well, it's uh, um, yeah, an iconic... An iconic shot. I saw. I saw another great shot of a, a pair of lions that Tom's taken with a fantastic sky and sunbeam bursting through the clouds. Yeah, and that photo, uh, which is in the Mara North Conservancy, this was just a couple of many lions that we saw. We saw this male and female. We saw a lion that had just had made a kill. We saw a couple of young males who were moving from one group to another which was real interesting and and our Maasai guide you know knew what group they were coming from and where they were headed they'd been kicked out had they yep been playing up the boys they were ready for their next uh, challenge yeah exactly yeah in in the conservancies too what's interesting is that the Maasai are the they have land there they have ranches there and they have cattle there and so they are responsible for managing their herd within certain sections of the conservancy but there can be interaction i mean they they work to avoid it but it happens and 
if the Maasai can show that they were within the parameters of their agreement and a lion, for example, comes in and kills one of their cattle, they'll get reimbursed for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. And the, yeah. the, the Maasai people themselves, how, how did you find them? Well, the Maasai are one of the, I don't know if largest in population, but they're uh, two million Maasai people between right. Kenya and Tanzania. And this region of Mara North is, is their land. So they are partly through, you know, the shift in tourism and the shift in these conservancies in the national parks are among the best guides now because they know the land. Yeah. And and they're trained in it and, and educated in tourism and, and ecotourism specifically. So it's a really fascinating relationship that's supported by the Maasai Association and the Kenya National Parks and various other conservation bodies. So it's a, a private cooperative with the parks. Okay. So they welcome you to, to a village? Did you sort of... You, you can. We chose not to... Their schools were out. I mean, it's something that they do regularly is invite you to visit the village and, and visit a school. Mm. We passed on that uh, on this occasion, but okay. certainly that's part of it. There are other tourism activities like hot air ballooning, but we, we wanted the drives. We wanted the wildlife drives. Our grandson wanted to go fishing, and they said, okay, we're going to fit that in. And one morning we drove to a river. We were up, fortunately, on an embankment of about, oh, I don't know, five eight meters or something like that mm. and on the other side of this little river are hippos oh i was gonna i thought <laughs> so you might say crocodiles little kids fishing on one side and the hippos on the other yeah it was a, how did the kids react to seeing the animals the lions and well that? they loved it and they're they're not you know i'm a grandparent so it sounds like bragging but it it's true that my grandson in particular is really, really, really well-versed in wildlife. He knows them all. He knows them all. Yeah, I know was, that feeling, yep. He wanted to play Stump the Guide, basically, and was <laughs> uh, so proud of himself for knowing some microscopic organisms that the guide didn't know about. <laughs> oh, very <laughs> but good. No, so he, he loved it. So he'll have it's a just, big story to take back to school. Yeah, they, they all do. They're... But they're just taking so much in; it's uh, it's astounding. And yeah. we, what I think, what impressed us most, <laughs> it surprised us the most, is we took a, a small plane flight from Nairobi to the Mara North Conservancy. There's a little airport there. It was a, maybe a ten-seater Cessna. Yeah, Cessna caravan, and very popular yep, over that's, there. That's yep. the one. And our guide picked us up at the little strip airstrip and. Mm-hmm. Before we even got to our camp, we had seen about a dozen and a half different big animals that we were just not even expecting to see. I mean, fantastic! The giraffe, elephants, cheetahs, lions, in the first two hours. That's uh, that's amazing. The kids must yeah. have thought it was Christmas, eh? It was. Yeah, we all did. We were just our mouths were gaping. Graham Kemlow is speaking with Kristen Henning back home in Minneapolis after her safari experience. To read more about the trip, go to www.travelpast50.com. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.